Hey guys, what's up? This is Chris Chavez, co-host of History Creeps, Hardly Kayfabe, and Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop. Normally, you'd hear a bumper for the network right about now. Instead, I wanted to take a moment to ask a favor. If you've ever listened to many of our shows on the network, you've heard us talk about a place that has quickly established itself as a staple of downtown Buffalo over the past couple of years. Mizuta Chow's is a Japanese-themed bar-slash-restaurant-slash-retro-80s arcade that features amazing Japanese-inspired street food, top-shelf drinks, and a glittery pink staircase that has become one of Buffalo's most popular Instagram selfie destinations. Like many other establishments around the country, Mizuta Chow's was forced to shut their doors and lay off their staff when the COVID pandemic hit. At first, they didn't let that stop them from helping the community. For weeks, Johnny Chow and his partner Christy, along with a number of other Chow's employees, worked to feed essential workers on the front lines treating those affected by the virus. They organized pop-up drive through grocery supply stores for anyone who needed essential items. The crew at Mizuta Chow's has worked tirelessly to support the community during this rough time. Now, we here at the network want to help show our appreciation for an establishment that has proven what it means to be a neighbor in the 716. Recently, a GoFundMe was set up to try to raise money to help Mizuta Chow's pay employees, bills, and ensure that when it's safe to, they can open their doors to the good people of Buffalo and Western New York. I know things are rough everywhere, but if you are able to, please consider donating to the Mizuta Chow's Relief Fund on GoFundMe. Every bit helps. You can also find a link at bicbp-radio.com. Thanks for listening and supporting the network. Now on with your show. Everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the panel discussion. I am back from the dead. As always, one of your hosts, Greg Knowlton, joined by my two co-hosts. Yeah, I'm so first. glad that you're not dead. It's me, Kurt Russell, your old pal. <laughs> but goddamn, it's good to see your face over this computer thingy. I'm glad that you're not dead. Matt and I are both happy. I mean, we did fine without you. So, like, if you died, it wouldn't really be a big deal. Jeez. But, I mean, right? So, like, I did fine. Banana, banana, banana. Uh, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah. So, we're here. Greg is back. We, uh, we, we re-snapped him back. He's no longer dust. So, that's a good thing. But, um, hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all doing well. We are continuing on with our. I'm gonna look at right right in Micah's eyes when I say this. It is Woman slash Asian History Month. Uh, Everything that I should not be a part of. <laughs> we are here. Uh, let's see. We're this is what our well third week of the month. Uh, I won't be here next week because I'm taking my little holiday. But uh, we got some yeah, cool characters so to talk many about. Places to go and so much to do during these there times. Is. There is. What inclusive, all inclusive resort are you staying at? Are you going to Vegas? <laughs> Bro, cheap air flight, cheap, really cheap air flights right now. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to my my little Vegas. But um, <laughs> banana, banana, banana. Uh, Real quick, before we get going, roll, rock and roll with this episode, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, 
Batman's Pizza, 2712 Niagara Falls Boulevard in Tonawana, New York. Uh, they are currently open Tuesday through Sunday. They're doing the 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. gimmick. Call, uh, pick up or delivery is what they got going on. But great pizza wings, subs, sandwiches, uh, and all that and more. So give them a call today, 716-693-7477. And make sure you let them know where you heard about them from. Uh, please go support them if they as they have supported us. So that's your sponsor name drop. We got anything in the news today, boys? Anything uh, fancy going on? How about uh, Boba Fett? Mandalorian with the actor. Yeah, the same actor that played uh, Django Fett. His name actually slipped my mind right now because Tamira Morrison or something like that. Yeah, something like that. There it is, which also leads into the speculation that not only will we see him, but we'll probably end up seeing Rex. Commander Rex, because he's still alive. He survived uh, everything from Rebels. He was in Return of the Jedi. He is actually in there. Um, And uh, so he's probably hanging out with Ahsoka doing uh, doing hood rat shit. (laughs) I'm all for it. I'm I'm so glad. Go ahead, Greg. Go ahead. I, I'm a big fan of Rex. Like I, one of my favorite things about Clone Wars was like the the personalities they gave to each of the separate clones with like Rex and Cody and Waxer, uh, Waxer and Boyle, that like idiot crew there. I, I really love that, and so I'd love to see Rex. Um, as far as Boba Fett goes, I don't know if I want to see him like, oh, he survived the Sarlacc pit because I know that's something that's been canon in the past, or if it's like a like a flashback to him of some sort. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what you want to see either. I'm not really sure what I want to see from him. Well, I'm okay I, if they acknowledge the the original, you know, plot line of him coming back. Uh, they've done, you know, Disney's actually kind of doing a good job of connecting a lot of dots, I would say. Uh, we've seen the Darth Maul come back, which I think surprised a lot of people, including myself. One of the highlights of the Han Solo movie for me. Uh, that was surprising. And I think if Disney wants to continue to trend upward a little bit as far as their acknowledgement of um, Star Wars lore, they have, I think, Boba Fett coming back alive for the main timeline is a must. I think, I really think it's a must at this point. Um, dude, I, uh, I think they teased Boba when, uh, we had the we had the first season the the scene with the Spurs. Yeah, um, here's a here's my thing on it though. Why are they telling us this? I didn't. Yeah, want to I, I didn't yeah. want to know. This. I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know about Ahsoka. I didn't want to know any of this shit. I I, I wanted to be genuinely surprised. I miss yeah. I miss that. I f- fucking hate the internet so much at times, and it's because of shit like this. I yeah. would have. I would have flipped my, I, w- I want that feeling of shock and flipping the fucking table in front of me and, and punching my wife in the face and then apologizing <laughs> later because I'm just so excited over the fact that Boba Fett is actually in season two. No, she would beat the shit out of me, dude. I don't have a chance. Um, like just that, that whole thrill and shock value is, is gone. Like, yeah, there's no secrets anymore. I didn't, I didn't know. 
and there's almost too many rumors too because it's been like oh ahsoka might be in boba fett's in oh darth maul might be in it, and it's like everyone's got their idea of what might show up and oh, oh my god also, yeah also if all of this stuff that they're talking about mandalorian season two is true we're gonna need 20 fucking episodes yeah we're gonna need hour-long episodes as opposed to the 30 minutes like we're we're gonna need a lot more if they're gonna cram that much content down our fuck holes all right like yeah. we're gonna need more time yeah there's all like so much like oh there's more there's more jedis there's this there's that and i'm fine with someone popping up with a lightsaber even a new character because there's been enough lore now where there's been other jedis thrown through like they just did cal Kestis with fallen order which I'm finally playing through and I absolutely love it. I absolutely love that storyline and everything they're including in it. So so you can introduce new characters as well, which has worked. Like Ahsoka's as loved as she is, and she was just a character that was made for Clone Wars. You know what I mean? So so kind of like there's nothing wrong. Harley, yeah, kind of like the way Harley yeah. Quinn was just made for the animated series. Now yeah. Now she's the biggest fucking deal in DC. And Ahsoka yeah. is really picking up a lot of traction. I think after season two, she's going to be like the, the the thing, like the top thing, like yeah. what they tried to make Ray. You know, yeah. I, I think it's going to be Ahsoka. Yeah, I'm I agree. And I, I, I love her character. So I think that's awesome. And it's cool to see like a non human character as the main character because it's one of the things that's always kind of like bugged me with Star Wars is you have all these awesome alien races and it's always the humans that are like the main characters yeah really racist <laughs> like i i have a, a kit fisto and plo Koon pop funko pop that i absolutely love because they're just two characters that like everyone forgets about and they're so cool uh yeah kit's kit's awesome yeah they're 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 very good for the expanded lore and filling you know not, not filling in time, but they did a good job utilizing them in, in the animated series. So, um, but w wish we would have got a little bit more live action out of some of those some of those characters. But, um, but yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up. That completely slipped my mind, even though I've been on a huge Star Wars binge. Um, Me too. The last couple of weeks, I just started playing uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and it's kind of nice to see them tying everything together. What an amazing yeah. game, by the way. But uh, it's it's cool to see them trying to tie stuff together and i'll give disney credit where credit's due if they're doing anything it's it's trying to make that star wars universe seem a little bit more to, together together is 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 it's simply put uh a little bit no. more uniform like 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 the mcu and you have to you have to because i think while george lucas's original trilogies and all that they did acknowledge some things that like Disney stuff has been perfectly placed where um, you get excited, you get giddy when they acknowledge something that happened in the clone, like in the clone wars or, or the original trilogy and any of that, you get really excited. Like, Oh wow, that's cool. They're not just, they're not retconning anything. So it's always a nice yeah. little touch to see. And I, I've been grateful for Disney for in that regard. Oh yeah. And a stuff quick here. add too with the, the news is um, with Disney, with star Wars, they're doing that high Republic um, so they're releasing all new Canon comic books, Canon books, and Canon um, like kid stories in the High Republic, um, which is like kind of pre-Sith. It's supposed to be 200 years, I think, before the original, the prequel movies. 
Um, and the Marvel will be producing those canon comic books as part of the main storytelling, which I think is going to be cool. It's supposed to be um, stories about like the Jedi's at their prime time um, without like any any like main enemies to fight. Kind of more functioning as like a galactic police, which I think will be really interesting to see. Um, and kind of we might get a little more of like the Sith at a higher point at some point within that as well which I think would be would be really fun to see. Like, It's going to be very Jedi-heavy. Um, but I'm excited for that storyline, and I'm excited to see the first comic book series for that. There's, uh, I mean, let's get Keanu Reeves as a Jedi, and not just any Jedi, Darth Revan. Yeah, Make that's been like the big push, yeah. So that's two weeks in a row. I sabotaged the podcast to talk about nothing but Star Wars for pretty much the whole time here. Uh, Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. (laughs) We're all kind of on a kick. I just bought two lightsabers. Like it's, we're all on the Star Wars kick right now. (laughs) That a boy. Um, So do you guys have the the DC network that has like the Harley Quinn show on? So you probably watch the Swamp Thing show, right? Yes. Oh, you just saw that news as well, yeah. Yeah, Swamp Thing was canceled uh, last year, and CW picked it up to continue the series. Which is so cool, because I loved it. I loved the first season, and I loved, like, the the practical horror effects. Like, it was so good. Yeah, man. Yeah, I... It's... Yeah, it was abruptly canceled. I remember when it happened. I know Greg was not very happy. There's a lot of people who weren't very happy that it was canceled. Understandably so. Um, so it's good to see that it's getting a little bit of extension. You know, you always hope to see that shows with the potential like Swamp Thing had, uh, to get that little extra, um, get that little extra push, little redemption. So it can, you know, maybe garner some fans and please the, uh, the ones that, you know, are still waiting on a little continuity. So no, that's awesome news to hear. That's great. Hey, plus it's uh horror alumni, Derek, uh, Derek Mears playing as a Swamp Thing who played Jason Voorhees in 2009. Uh, so he gets to spread his swampy wings and fly. <laughs> he does have swampy wings. It's a real thing. Especially down there. You know, swampy <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that all we got for news today? I don't think there's yes. been anything. Okay. I don't think there's been anything too major. Uh, so let's get Batman storyline starts at the end of the month. Um, finally, we get Death Metal, but that's about it. Oh, nice. Okay. When does that drop? I believe it's the 25th. It's the awesome. 25th or the 26th. So that'll be, yeah, it's the end of um, Scott Snyder's run of Dark or of Batman, and it's going to tie in his work with the Justice League uh, comics as well. So that'll be kind of cool. I'm excited for that. Awesome. Yeah, very awesome. God, do me a favor and remind me about that because I want to read. I want to read that. You got it. All right. Uh, so that's it for news. Let's get into the bulk. What we're here to talk about, and our little expose on these uh, Asian History Month characters. You know, comics are the. It's it's an important. Comics are so important when it comes to diversity because I feel like. Uh, not to get too ranty or anything, but I, I, I just I feel like comic books are they're they're made to identify with certain people. Um, you know, I I've said it many times in the show. Me and Greg have had this conversation. I picked up I always picked up comic books of characters that I can relate to, 
as a human being. For me, I ate up the Peter Parker and Spider-Man stuff. I ate up the X-Men stuff, people being different and and treated a little differently. And that's why I feel like comic books are such a uh, the perfect breeding ground to try new things with diversity. And while there isn't this rich history with, you know, of, of Asian characters, there, well, there's, there are some um, there. It's it's people can relate to. It's a good spot, you know, place for for people of Asian descent to kind of find a character that they can relate to and uh, and really gravitate towards it and make it as popular as they want to be. So, um, yeah, so that's my that's my little that's my little rant on that. Who wants to start this week with their uh, with their character? Go ahead, Greg. We missed you last week. Okay. Take her away. <laughs> I got it. Uh, I started with a villain, actually. Um, and it's one of my favorite villains. So I actually, I don't know if I've shared this on the show before, but I'm not a huge Iron Man fan, uh, comic book wise. Like, um, I enjoyed him in the movies and everything, but I was never a big Iron Man fan. But the one thing that got me to read Iron Man comics was the Mandarin. He was one of my favorite villains. I, I've always liked intellectual villains that could back it up. That's been one of my favorite things. That's why I'm a huge Doctor Doom fan as well. Um, it's just I've always liked when a villain can outsmart the heroes without having to just beat them down, but then can still do that if they if they want to. Uh, and Mandarin was is one of those villains. I'm a I'm a really big fan of him um, as a character. He was introduced in 1964 um, in Tales of Suspense. He is a Stanley-created character, um, and he actually was introduced to a fake backstory. So he came out that he was the son of like a, a rich um, Chinese parent family that were kind of almost royalty, um, and that was the storyline that he had put out, or the the story that he had put out that he was this like um, high royalty character. Uh, and then later, they he actually had, had hired people to make a movie about him. Um, and when that they were doing research for that movie, it came out that he was the son of an opium den prostitute. So uh, I kind of like he was this character who put out this like high society, high power, high feel, and he was actually from like the lowest of the low um, of the the Chinese society. Um, but he is. Is one of the the coolest characters in my opinion. Um, I was, he's got. If you know uh, much about Mandarin, he runs the Ten Rings, and it's based on his um, Ten Rings that actually give him his power. That comes from, I believe it was actually Fing Fang Foom's spaceship, like a, a spaceship attached to Fing Fang Foom. Another interesting um, villain in the Iron Man storyline, uh, but. Each ring gives him a different power. Uh, he has a ice ring that gives him the power to um, actually control the moisture in the air and freeze and stun his opponents. Um, he has a ring that allows him to place mental control or give thoughts to people uh, and create illusions. He has a ring that shoots out lightning, um, a ring that controls heat, Another one that controls electromagnetic and gravity, um, electromagnetic energy and gravity. One that is literally able to uh, create absolute darkness, and then another that is able to create energy, kind of like a, a typical energy blast. 
um, one that creates a high speed vortex, uh, an influence ring again that that lets him uh, control sonic vibrations and attract or repel objects, and then a ring that um, allows him to slow and speed up uh, objects and actually change people. Like he can turn a mountain into a rock monster uh, and, and things like that. So he's got a ton of abilities with the 10 rings um, that I think a lot of people don't even realize how powerful he is. And then on top of that, uh, he is, you know, and part of it is it's because he's a, Asian descent, you know, they, they have to put this into the character, but he is a, a very skilled martial artist. Um, he is able to, he's actually fought, I believe, Shang-Chi and kept up with him, um, and as well as Iron Fist and other villain or other heroes um, with that power. But so on, on top of, he has, he's insanely high powered. Um, he is very skilled in hand-to-hand -hand combat and a very, very high intellectual often seen as a mob boss uh, and running, you know, big groups from uh, running a full organizations by himself. So Mandarin's a pretty awesome character. I think he's a character that is almost underutilized in the comics. I know the last comic storyline he was seen in um, was a Squirrel Girl comic, which, look, yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I love Squirrel Girl, but with someone that many accolades and powers i feel like he could almost lead like a dr doom-esque like he could be a main villain for a storyline like something like a secret wars or something uh and i don't think he's oh, ever sure. seen that kind of love i think he's just always been like a hey he's an iron man villain and that's it he's never been like one of the main like one of the main main guys and i agree he could be yeah like he's yeah. got 10 powers <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm excited to see him uh, get a second shot in the MCU with the Shang-Chi yeah. movie because he is supposed to be the main villain. Very upset with how they mishandled him yes. with the with Iron Man 3. Like, that <laughs> bugged me. My it bugged my dad. It bugged a lot of people. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not just the obvious, but Hollywood whitewashed him. Like, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they, they did. And it, it just... Oh, it made no sense. Like the the vignettes that they did, the little the the, the TV commercials where him and his you know team the they they hacked it. Uh, the fake Mandarin. Yeah, I can't think of his name. Uh, Ben. Never see me coming. Ben Kingsley. Yeah, Ben Kingsley. And that was all. That was really good stuff. Like that's some of my. Those are some of my favorite little scenes from from Iron Man three. Like if I go rewatch it, I'm like, I'm hooked. I'm 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 paying attention to those segments because that's how good they are. And they completely mishandled it. Yep. Completely mishandled it. Very. That's why, like, Iron Man three is like towards like the very bottom as far as my favorite MCU movies. So I'm excited to see him get a chance. Um, it's a proper. I wonder. I I'm excited to see that the how they tie in because I'm sure they're going to reference Iron Man three and some some Tony Stark. And they did that you know, Hail to the King uh, video that like revealed yeah. that he existed. So I'm I'm curious to see if they they do bring Ben Kingsley back almost to kind of introduce yeah. his character. Um, but I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, definitely definitely deserves some more love. I hope he's not just a one-off yeah. villain too with Shang-Chi either. But um, he, he really could be a, like a, a high 
quality like video, uh, villain. He's been part of the Ultimo storyline. Like he's had parts in some of his storylines. I know he's like a, a gained other powers at some points. Um, and so, so I think he could really be up there um, in top villains. And even in, like I said, in the comic books, I don't think he's gotten that respect. So I'd love to see, I think a movie is a way to get some of these characters to the front. I think some of the villains um, have become more popular because of their movie popularity. So I'd love to see if that happens. If, if Shang-Chi is successful and people really are drawn to this villain character that he starts to see more, um, storylines within other comic books. Yeah. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um, is that all you got? Is, it, is there anything else? That's what I got. Yeah, pretty you simple. Oh, yeah, no. I'm just a, it's a oh, cool character. It. Like I said, I'm excited for the movies. I don't know if they ever announced who's being played as him. Um, I'd be very interested. If they went with like an older Mandarin, um, I would love the actor who played Shang Tsung in the original Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I think that'd be super cool. Um, otherwise, if they go younger, I'm actually not really sure who I'd like to see. Uh, maybe even give a new actor a shot. At that no, role. they 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 already cast him. Apparently, Tony Leung. Tony Leung. I'm not Mark familiar. Well, I'm sure he'll be L-E-U-N-G. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure they'll do it justice. I'm sure they'll do it justice. Um, Yeah, so there's that's pretty cool. Um, I'll go next if that's cool with you guys. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a character who uh, probably. I would definitely say is in the upper echelon of this new age, uh, you know, comic book characters a little bit, just a little bit after I stopped following as diehard as I as I used to. Uh, But my choice today, my little spotlight is uh, Amadeus Cho. Uh, who is right? I think he's like eighth, eighth or something. He's one of the smartest human, eight, yep, eighth smartest person on earth. Um, and he's he's been around the block a lot. He's made a couple video game appearances. Uh, I know he was in the, I think Lego, one of the Lego games or whatnot. But he's he's been around. He's he's had some. Uh, he's had quite the uh, the little history. But he's been uh, under the guise of Mastermind Excello, Prince of Power, Iron Spider, Hulk, and uh, and and brawn so he's he's been around i he was created his first appearance was an amazing fantasy number 15 uh created by greg pock yeah that's the his uh his original writer but um but yeah i mean i'm not another character i'm glad you know i chose him I, i'm not super uh i'm not super in the know of of his history i haven't read too many books of him but his name always pops up and i always like when i found out he was like the new hulk i was it was like weird because i'm such a traditionalist when i when i think hulk it's it's bruce banner to me it's it is what it you know yeah that's just how i am yeah. so, you hear that change yeah none of those cousins siblings daughters kids whatever no 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 it, just keep it fucking bruce banner keep it simple yeah 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 i mean i guess they need to shake up every now and then but it's still like i'm always gonna i'm always gonna associate hulk with bruce banner the same way Peter Parker's always going to be Spider-Man to me, you know, but that's that's just different for everybody. But, um, you know, I, I just read a lot. He's he's been in a part of some pretty, you know, some of the bigger storylines, I guess, in the last decade and a half. Um, let's see, Chaos War, um, and a couple other just cool little runs. But one thing that I, I did, you know, notice is that 
he was a little bit more accepting of the power, like the ability of being the Hulk, I guess, than Bruce Banner was. And that was like a, that was, I guess the Hulk alter ego really liked that fact, really enjoyed that fact that, um, that Amadeus Cho was so accepting of the Hulk powers and Bruce Banner thought of it as like this, this virus. He just couldn't wait to get rid of it. But Cho was like, bring it on, bring it on. And I thought that was, it was, it was, yeah, it was neat. Um, but yeah, he's, he's been a part of some pretty cool, some pretty, some teams. Uh, let me see his list of association, new warriors, renegades, mighty Avengers, Olympus group, Illuminati, young Avengers, shield champions, God squad, protectors, and agents of Atlas. So, um, so he's been around, he's been, he's been, he's mixed and mingled with a lot of some of the top, oh, like the, the, the names that I know, um, obviously the Hulks, your professor X's, your Iron Man's, he's just, he's been pushed right up. He's, he got that, that main event pushed real quick, uh, to the top tier of Marvel and, and yeah, a lot of people very fond of him. Um, yeah, you put, you put his smarts with, uh, with some of the, the different gimmicks, we're mm-hmm. talking in pro wrestling terms uh, that he's had, and it's it's been pretty um, yeah, it's been pretty uh, makes for a pretty for- formidable uh, hero character. So I I pre- I can definitely appreciate that. Yeah, he yeah I think he became the Hulk in 2015 because I actually think I have the first issue of that, uh, and it was right yeah, after totally Bruce Banner had actually gotten killed. Bruce Banner had gotten okay. killed in Civil War two. Um, he gotten shot in the head and died uh, yeah. before he came back in Immortal Hulk recently, which is a super cool run. Uh, and then because Hulk came back, he took on the brawn personality when he joined the champions. Um, but he actually has an opportunity to be a part of the cinematic universe at some point because his mother um, has already been in it. She was the one in Ultron who had helped use the the, cra- the cradle. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Um, yeah that had yep. brought made vision. That was his his comic book mom as well. Oh, um, that's cool. I forget her name, right. but it was something Cho. So so he has a he's already has a connection to the MCU. So I think it would be cool to, you know, he might eventually see a day that he comes in, especially with young Avengers um around the corner is something that they keep talking about doing. So who knows? That's why I was surprised. I was a little surprised, like reading this and, and seeing how popular he is and how much of a mainstay he's been in recent years. That he hasn't made a little, you know, little one-off appearance here or there in the MCU. But it's 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 got to happen soon, you would imagine. Um, but I, I feel like he should have he should have been a character that's that's been around, not heavily featured, but um, at least had a cameo in 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 yeah. some form or fashion in one of the movies. But I appreciate the, yeah, the, with- his mother, mother reference. With Helen Cho, that's her name. Um, yeah, with that, okay. that's been like the main reference to him so far. Okay, but yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, some MCU appearance sooner than later. They're gonna have to, they're going to expand the characters tenfold. So yeah. uh, I'm fully, I'm fully expecting and anticipating that to happen. And She Hulk, She Hulk, kind of opens the door for him to maybe get introduced as well. So. That's a good point. That's a good point. We're still waiting on, yeah, we're still waiting on that little adaptation to, uh, right? Is that Disney Plus? That's It's going to be a Disney yes. Plus show, right? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, not too shabby. But, yeah, that's uh, Amadeus Cho for you in a nutshell for, you know, a lot of the traditionalists like me. Uh, you know, just skimming through some of the stuff that he's been a part of, a lot of these newer storylines, and, and it's really hard for me to follow the new storylines. I think that's my the most 
difficult thing I have uh, when it comes to comic books nowadays is just everything is just bam, bam, bam all over the place. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it sounds like Joe is definitely worth uh, going out and taking the gander at. uh, Sure. uh, Yeah. Some of his book. Go and uh, get yourself a nickel. Go down there and get a gander at uh at the at the comics <laughs> there and uh, maybe pick up uh, some of that rock me Amadeus. <laughs> beautiful, you're beautiful. Well done. I know. All right, so and this just you two picking like the perfect little things, or whatever. Then here I come with this swerve, and it's gonna be weird and whatever. Uh, but all right, so. Back in 1986, John Carpenter wrote and directed this cult classic called Big Trouble in Little China. I'm sure if you're listening to the show that you've seen the movie, so I don't have to go into great detail uh, about the the plot of that. All you have to know is that Kurt Russell is the coolest fucking person on the planet, and he plays the most obnoxious slash kind of cool person ever in Jack Burton. Jack Burton is just this reluctant hero. The a great way to describe him is Ash from Evil Dead. Especially <laughs> Ash in the uh Ash vs. Evil Dead series. Uh there's a lot of similarities, this reluctant anti-hero type thing. And of course, Jack's just in the whole thing to get his money back from his buddy and to get that sweet, sweet strange from Kim Cattrall, because he saw that movie Mannequin and he said, Man oh man man i would like to get in that can see it was better in my head than it just uh (laughs) well you fast forward 32 years after jack burton saved the day by killing lopan the immortal before marrying the green-eyed woman who was gracie law but anyways 32 years in the future you get bam old man jack this is by boom studios and also written by John Carpenter. So this isn't something that some other asshole just is like, I'm going to put a pen to this and try not to fuck it up. Like, no, it's John Carpenter's doing it. He's working with Anthony Borscht, uh, George Corona. Oh, boy. Greg, you okay? Uh, and uh, <laughs> it's like the, the, the Kill Bill thing hits. Anytime he- yeah. Uh, anyways, this is old man Jack. This is modern day times. What happened is, is that Jack, and just like Ash from Evil Dead, Jack accidentally unleashed a demon. Uh, this demon starts what's called Helmageddon. Uh, <laughs> Helmageddon. The whole world is in flames, but the demon is just like, ah. Uh, Oh, Jack Burton. Did I mention this is an ancient Chinese demon? Oh, Jack Burton. I, Chung Dai, demon god of the east, thank you for your service. Uh, and old Jack is just like, what the hell? I didn't mean to do any of this shit. And then the demon is like, oh no, I hate you very much, Jack Burton. Uh, and he puts Jack in his own personal little heaven, which is this this town in florida and jack just considers it heaven but jack's by himself it's kind of like uh uh i'm not gonna get too deep into that but anyways it's uh jack has this whole city to himself he's protected it's heaven it's beautiful he goes to a store picks up a case of beer the case of beer 
Woof, pops right back on the shelf. He has an endless supply of anything that he could get his hands on, anything he wants. Uh, he's kind of monologuing to himself a lot, just like the way he did at the opener of Big Trouble in Little China. Greg, you read this, right? I have not, and I'm going to. Oh, because you look like a thirsty bitch right now. So I didn't know if you were like drooling, like, man, this sounds so good, or you're just just chiming, just get in, get in here. I'm, I'm, I, I already, I'm looking up the comic because I'm super, super interested. And I'm also wondering why there hasn't been a, like an Ash Jack Burton comic book crossover, because that, it seems like it's like a missed mark. It writes, it writes itself. It's, <laughs> um, probably because of john carpenter um makes sense this goes on eventually uh jack gets messages through his tv but it's not just like a it's a distress signal uh but the distress the distress signal is saying help i'm between the age of 18 to 24 i have big boobs i'm blonde um i'm asian and like <laughs> it keeps going on and on so jack's just finally like what the hell i'll go into Helmageddon past this fiery wall that surrounds my beautiful utopia. And I'll save this chick. Uh, he falls into a hole, uh, which leads to, uh, it's like this weird little hell of inconveniences. Uh, ice machines are broken. So you're stuck with lukewarm water. You're talking to a hot chick. You're texting her and she responds with, okay, you know, what does that mean? I don't know. Um, just a whole lot of weird little things like you stub your toe every day. Uh, the waiter comes by and says, enjoy your meal. And you respond, you too. Like, oh God, that is, that is the hell of, of <laughs> like, oh, darn it, whatever. Uh, but Jack Burton keeps going further and further into hell uh, because she's apparently in the lower pits. And guess who's there, guys? Fucking low pan. All right. <gasps> Lopan's back. He's back from the fucking dead and he's in old man Jack. Read the rest of the issues because I just spoiled the ending of the first one and I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's great. It's a lot of fun. It was just a short series. It's a good time. Uh the artwork is really cool and it stays very fucking true to Jack Burton himself because you know what old man Jack says? When you're sitting there at the bar and six foot ten walks up to you, grabs you by the collar, jacks you up the wall, and he says to you, have you paid your dues? And you look that son of a bitch right in the eyes and you say, yeah, yeah, I have. <laughs> well, I highly recommend reading Old Man Jack. I like it. I dig it. It's very intense. That's, very intense. To be totally honest, I would thought you were talking about i was really confused when you said hey i'm gonna read old man jack because i thought you were talking about like the new samurai jack run where he's old and i was like oh okay not what i thought you were talking about and i'm i'm pleasantly surprised i'm very happy (laughs) (laughs) well jack burton isn't asian but everyone else's uh well except (laughs) except for like maybe one or two characters but they're demons oh wait no they're also asian never mind so jack burton's beautiful very good very good um but yeah excellent three great asian history asian uh stories characters uh to go with 
well, for your guys' enjoyment for this theme uh, for the month. But, yeah, so next week, Greg and Mike are holding the fort down um, as I take my staycation. And, yeah, yeah, that's I think that about wraps up for today. I think. You guys got anything to add? We're back on we're back on uh, Comic Moms next week, and then the following yes. week we'll wrap up with this topic. I already have what I'm talking about for the following week. I don't have next week's yet, but I'm excited for for you know to wrap this topic up with what I chose. So we'll see what happens. Very good, very yeah. good. All right, that sounds like time to close up. On behalf of Greg, Micah, and I, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next week right here on the panel discussion. Hey, Anthony. Yeah, Chris. You hear any new podcasts lately? Uh, yeah, I have. Like what? Retro Blist. You had that ready to go. Like, almost like you knew I was going to ask you this. I sort of kind of did. It was like an ESP feeling. What's Retro Blist? Retro Blist is a retro video game podcast presented by Johnny and Trevor where they talk about everything from retro gaming, retro consoles. They each week review a different video game that they have played. Uh, majority of the time it is retro, like on the actual console itself, from Sega Dreamcast to Super Nintendos to... Um, I think they recently started playing on a Nintendo Switch. Where can I find this podcast? Uh, you can find it at bicbp-radio.com. Sweet.